Thank you for listening to this month's Harvard Caps Harris Poll Deep Dive. I'm Mark Penn. Follow the show. Mark underscore Penn underscore polls on Twitter. Mark Penn polls on Facebook. Another great way to stay informed and be current on the latest polling data is by signing up at the HarvardHarrisPoll.com. We'll send you the new reports monthly and we won't bombard you with spam because this poll is done every month with questions that cover every side of the political debate. This month, August 31st to September 2nd, technically we call it the August poll, we did 1,604 registered voters conducted by the Harris poll. And I'm going to go through with you some of the incredibly exciting, interesting results coming out of the field after the two conventions were held. Let's start with President Trump's overall job approval. Now stands at 46%. That is up from 44, up from 43. Let's remember what happened here. Gradually, the president's ratings were improving month after month, even at the beginning of the outbreak of the virus. Then when the virus had a second wave, kind of, after it had seemed to subside and came back even more strongly than before, his ratings plummeted from 49 to 43, and now he is crawling back to 46. My, my general view, if you're the president and you want to get reelected and you have a rating in the low 40s, good luck. If you have a rating in the high 40s or low 50s, probably you're in. If you're in the middle, it could go either way. And that's where we are today. Interestingly, the president has some very strong approval ratings on some of the specific issues. A majority, 52%, say he's doing a good job on the economy. 55% doing a good job stimulating jobs. 55% fighting terrorism. 48% on immigration. Foreign affairs, 48%. But his lowest rating, although it's up from two points, is reacting to the virus. On issues of race and policing, he's at 45%, up slightly, and responding to civil disorder, 44%. The president is gaining ground here, but he can overplay his hand. There's a danger in the way he is reacting and responding. If he gets up another notch, he will be a full contender again. If he gets stuck here, he won't. Let's take a look at overall right track, wrong track, country. 62% say the country is on the wrong track. 31% say it's on the right track. Up four points, but that's not really a meaningful four points. By almost two to one, or almost exactly two to one, people say the country is on the wrong track. What about the economy? We've seen those numbers move more significantly we hit a low of right track on the economy of 27. That's up to 35. 58% say it's on the wrong track, down from 65. Some improvement there. And remember, they give high confidence to this president on the economy. It is his, so to speak, Trump card. The economy is seen as weak. 41% say it's strong. 59% say it's weak. No change since the beginning of the virus or since the last couple of months. 
people's own personal financial situation, again, improving a little bit. 24% say their situation's improving. 30% say it's getting worse, which is down from 40% when this broke out. So there is a kind of calming down of the economic situation. And 41% say they're just as well off. Now let's take a look at what people say about the parties. Republican approval also had been a gradual incline up slightly a percent month after month after month from their nadir really at 28%. They climbed as high as 48% in April, dropped down to 41 and now recovered after their convention somewhat to 44 Not bad, a little higher than they've generally been, but interesting story. Democratic Party approval for the first time in the Harvard Caps Harris poll polling history hit 50%. So it appears that when they, they had a convention that, that featured elements of Hollywood combined with the Obamas, the Clintons, the Bidens, that combination seemed a lot more calming to voters than did the typical Pelosi-Schumer sideshow. And you'll, you'll see in this poll later on that right now Pelosi has rock-bottom ratings. Nevertheless, the image of the party went up, so their convention was not unsuccessful. It was, in fact, a success. In fact, they both were successes because they both went up. So what's the most important issue facing the country? Of course, it's the virus. It's the thing affecting everyone's daily life. 50% down, however, significantly, say the virus is number one. Economy, 34. Healthcare, 26. Race relations, way up, 24. Civil disorder, 19. Immigration, 14. Healthcare is going to be a big one for the Democrats. The Republicans still do not have an effective footing on, on health care. Economy and jobs, Trump's strongest point. The virus, a real weakness for the president. A lot is at stake here in what I call the three Vs. The virus, where the president went down. Violence, where I don't think the president has an edge, but he does seem to have recovered his footing. And maybe ultimately the vaccine, which if there is one before election, I do think will be so contrary to expectations that it will cause, I think, some uh, electoral upheaval, probably in the president's favor, but it's speculative. Which of the following problems do you want your leaders to tackle? Again, virus number one, over race and policing, or civil disorder, 60-40. Let's take a look. Let's take a look now at the favorable, unfavorable ratings of leading politicians, organizations, and institutions. Who's at the top of the list? The U.S. military, 81% favorable, 11% unfavorable. People still like the CDC, 69-22. Police have really gone up since, since the last poll or two. They are now at 68% positive, 25% unfavorable, a real sense that perhaps police have been handled unfairly. Barack Obama well-liked at 60%. Black Lives Matter 
getting a 52-39 positive rating, which means that people support Black Lives Matter to a significant extent, and we go into this a little bit more detail later, but it's becoming more and more polarized with that 39% disapproval. The, N the N NBA, 51-29, not great numbers for a sports league. Joe Biden, 50-44, again, <clears throat> positively liked by getting 50%. Bill Clinton, 44%. Kamala Harris, 44%. Donald Trump, 41%. Mike Pence, 40%. So we know there's a likability gap. Joe Biden's got nine-point advantage on Donald Trump on favorability. Hillary Clinton, 38%. Nancy Pelosi, 38%. Nancy Pelosi's really <clears throat> has taken a dive in the ratings. This poll was taken about the time of the so-called hairdresser salon incident. Probably came out of the field before she asked the hairdresser to apologize for treating her. Uh, here, however, you're seeing a really significant negative rating for her uh, and also Chuck Schumer, you know, significant negative ratings. Uh, Mitch McConnell faring now somewhat better than, than those two. But that's what makes the increase in the Democratic Party in this environment so interesting because it looks like the former presidents and Obama and Clintons and Bidens seem to be a more calming influence, the, the old-time Democrats, as opposed to Pelosi and Schumer that I think had, had really right now have not just polarized images, but highly negative images. Twitter itself is negative 36 to 40. China, <laughs> 1669. And Antifa, uh, 14 51. A lot of people still don't know about it. Trump's like Trump's likability continues to be an issue for him. Only 30% say that they like him personally. Really, about a quarter to a third of his own voters don't like him personally. He is not winning an election that is driven by likability, which is why his issues, his record, and the things he's done is so critically important to whether or not he wins or loses. Now let's take a look quite directly at how people are saying they're going to vote. Well, high likelihood to vote, a lot of people saying that. They always say that to us pollsters, that they're definitely voting. But nevertheless, we will typically at this point look at what we call likely voters and break, and break those out. So among likely voters, the horse race now is 49% for Biden, 42% for Trump, with 8% undecided. Um, that is a narrowing lead down from double digits in uh, the last month or two. I think that Biden had a commanding lead, and now Trump is closing the race to get within uh, striking distance here. Uh, he's doing reasonably well compared to history or historic levels with African Americans, with Latinos. Um, he's not doing as well with seniors. Senior women are a real problem for him. We all know about the support and strength he has with working class voters. 
We know that a lot of the suburban women have been on the fence, but probably what's making this a six-point race as opposed to a two-point race is the fact that he is not winning with senior women, uh, and it's a real weakness. Now, if we take a step further, it really turns out that Trump's base is highly energized to come out to this election, and we then took the leaners and we asked them who they were leaning for, we added them into the mix, and the race becomes 47-53, a six-point race. Uh, again, uh, I, don't, I think this is a pretty accurate reflection uh, of where it is, but it's interesting that there are a lot of leaners now sitting in there for Trump. That's people who probably came off of the Biden train, moved into unsure, and are giving Donald Trump a second look. Voters are definitely expecting a tight election. Uh, they're unsure about who's going to win. When you ask them, 40% say Biden, 40% say Trump. When they look at their neighbors, they also think their neighbors are evenly divided, 37-37. Now, we put in an interesting question. It's a new question for us, but, but it essentially is a roundabout way of asking people whether or not they want to have a divided government or not. 36% want Trump and the Republicans to win everything. Another 9% want Trump to win, but want the Democrats controlling the House. 10% want Biden to win, but want the Republicans controlling the Congress. And 45% want the Democrats to win everything. So that means there's about 19% here, the, the key swing 19%, that really is looking for a divided government. Uh, fewer people saying they want an all-Republican government, uh, however. So if you start to, again, do adjectives and breakdowns on issues, President Trump is winning on the issue of the economy. When you ask who's going to do a better job fixing the economy, Donald Trump or Joe Biden, by 53-47, they say Donald Trump. Now, that's a six-point spread. You say, oh, well, that's not large, but it's a... It's an enormous spread when you're losing the presidential race by six or seven. To win something like the economy by six means you're overcoming people's partisan choices. It means you have conflicted swing voters, basically conflicted on the issue of the economy. They're voting for Joe Biden, but they don't think he's going to do a good job on the economy. They do think Joe Biden is the one, 61-39, to bring the country together to solve the issues of race and policing, 59-41. Even established law and order, it's 46-54, which is about the same as the horse race, which means that, that Trump isn't really fully winning the issue beyond, beyond his own voters. Uh, taking care of the virus, Trump has a deficit here, and handling relations with China about the same uh, as the horse race. When you ask voters what's most important to you in supporting a candidate for the pre candidate for the president of the United States, stands on the issues more than twice as about twice as important more than twice as important than character, 26% experience, 19, 56% say issues matter. That's what I tell people all the time. You think it's all about personality, you think it's all about these character attacks. Underneath are a series of issues. Those issues are important to people. We then looked at a more extensive series of words and phrases and asked them, does each 
word or phrase apply more to President Trump or former Vice President Joe Biden? Well, <clears throat> no surprise, 6931 say Trump is, is far to the right. But on his good adjectives, tells you what he thinks. 6139 will shake up Washington. 5941 supports Israel. 5644 will stand up to China and Iran. 5446 will stand up for our armed services. 5347 and can best manage the economy. 5149. On the other hand, let's look at those ones that Joe Biden wins. Is too far to the left. No surprise he wins that one. 65-35. But we'll bring people together. 62-38. We'll do the best job on health care. Again, Republicans have not mounted any serious challenge on health care. 61-39. Listens to the problems of Americans. 60-40. Do a best job on the environment. 60-40. Can handle unrest and violence. Biden, 58. Trump, 42. So Trump is not achieving that kind of sense of I'll bring the country together and end the violence because it's a country that doesn't believe it's just a matter of law and order, although they consider law and order to be important. We looked a little bit at uh, about the impact of the convention. And to be honest, our poll shows both, both conventions were reasonably good. Uh, particularly the Republican convention did a great job of energizing the Republican base, and you see that here. But the Democratic Convention did a good job of kind of changing the image of the Democratic Party from the impeachment, Pelosi, Nadler, Schiff, uh, and 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 that whole gang. But we didn't really depict, you know, depict it. We had some questions more excited about the two conventions, or gave you a clear idea, or represented the values, and they all came out within the margin of error. We didn't. We didn't, from a polling point of view, you would have to say that the Republicans and Trump won the convention because Trump net-net uh, closed the race a few points. But, uh, but, you, but you wouldn't say that you could identify it just from asking people you know, how they did in the conventions. It may be more that uh, some of the issues that Trump started to hit uh, are resonating more. So let's, let's take a little look at the Important questions we asked about violence, race, and police. First, what about this police defunding that you hear so much about? 26% support it, 74% are opposed to it, although 92%, just about everybody, says that the police need some reforms, 45% major reforms and restructuring. So people think there's a problem, but they don't think defunding or even less than funding than some of the earlier months polls that we that conducted show really think that that is the solution uh, to the problem. Crime is perceived as going up. 50% think that it's going up in their communities. 76% think crime is going up in major cities. And I think one of the really kind of surprising findings is that people blame the protests for the increase in crime, 46%. And having a bunch of people sitting around without anything to do, 27% blamed rising unemployment. Uh, I think that those were the two really head and shoulders, the substantial elements of blame. Now, this is a population or a voting group that, that wants rioters and looters arrested and prosecuted. 
88% say rioters, looters should be prosecuted. But 46% says prosecutors are not doing their job. When we asked them about, about people who harass people, as we saw with Senator Rand Paul, although Rand Paul said that that, that elevated to a much greater human threat than, uh, uh, than just harassment. But when we asked them, do you think protesters who harass or harm ordinary citizens should be prosecuted? That goes up to 90%. And the sense is those prosecutors... 50% say those prosecutors are doing nothing. And that, I think, is a, is a, is a growing and potential uh, issue. Now, do you think police in the last few weeks have been treated fairly or unfairly in the media? 55% unfairly. That's a real knock at the establishment media. I think that uh, this is uh, rare, you know, kind of important because I've rarely seen people come out and say, okay, the, the, the media, even though they don't like the media, uh, oftentimes, they rarely say the media has been out and out biased against a group, which they do say here. And now, an interesting issue that I have not seen any polling about is, do you think social media platforms are being used to organize group violence, or are these platforms not being used to organize violence? 76% say that these platforms are being used to organize the violence. And do you think social media needs to shut down that kind of usage? 73% say that. So there's pretty much a consensus. This is happening. It's got to be done. And then we ask them, are the social media companies shutting this down? Are they patrolling their platforms for people using it to organize and go out and commit violence and mayhem? 63% say no, that's not the case. The tech companies are just idly sitting idling by. So when you ask who would do a better job at curbing the violence, Joe Biden or Donald Trump, 58% say Joe Biden, 42% say Donald Trump. Obviously, the race has gotten closer and Trump has been hitting this issue. But I think this, this as I said before, gives you a little bit of a notion of is Trump overplaying his hand? Is he too much on the side of law and order and not on some combination of national healing, reconciliation, and law and order. That is, is it becoming a false choice that limits his ability to succeed on this issue? I think it is. So uh, do people think the civil unrest will be an important issue? Well, 92% think it's going to be uh, important. Uh, this whole thing about people are moving homes, 15% or 16% said, that they thought about moving homes because of the recent riots. That's not a large percentage given that 20% of America moves every year anyway. So I don't know that uh, actual exoduses are going to be uh, created that survived in the, uh, survive in the long time, in the long term. Uh, then when you ask who's responsible for the violence in the cities, 26% said President Trump, but that's just, you know, Democratic base. 20% said police brutality. 20% said left-wing ideology and agitators. 9% said left-wing governors and mayors. So that's 29% right there, higher than Trump's right-wing ideology. 20 is 9%. Joe Biden, nobody thinks Joe Biden has been doing anything that could instigate any violence. That is 5%. And do you think the, the violence in the cities is the result of spontaneous protests or 
organized and funded groups. Well, it doesn't take much to get Americans to believe in a conspiracy theory, regardless of whether it's the case. I couldn't tell you whether it's the case, but 57% now believe that it's organized and and uh, organized and funded uh, by groups. Um, and so that is, is obviously uh, something that throws the gauntlet at the Justice Department as to whether or not they're going to find these groups and arrest and prosecute uh, people involved in it. Uh, who's uh, supportive of violence? Well, 45% think the left in the Democratic Party thinks uh, is supportive of violence in the cities, which is a, an amazing finding. That is a pretty big number, even if it still doesn't go over 50. Only 33% think the Republicans are fanning the flames uh, for violence. Do I think Democrats avoided the violence, mentioning the violence in their cities at the convention because of the power of the left? Yes. 62% say that, as opposed to not genuinely believing that it's an important issue worth mentioning at the convention. Do you think the response of violence in the cities by Democrats has been adequate or inadequate? Well, 60% say inadequate. Uh, that is a pretty big number, except when you go ahead and ask them about the Republicans, it's 58%. When I ask them about President Trump, it's 58%. When I ask them at Joe Biden, it's actually a little lower at 52%. So a majority of the public is unhappy with the response to the violence of everyone. And, and that just tells you that there's not real credit here because people see, see violence, they see it lasting, they see it someone out of control, and they're not prepared to say someone is coming in and saving the day here. Then I think another powerful finding, which I was somewhat surprised by, is the question, is America a racist country or not a racist country? And I think this was part of what you saw in terms of messaging out of the Democratic Convention. 56% said it's a racist country. 44% said it's not. If you look at the Donald Trump, Mike Pence vote, it's 30% racist, 70% not racist. Um, some big differences here in terms of how this could play out, but it does kind of tell you that while Americans want safety, they want prosecution of those who cross the line, they want prosecution of those who are harassing individuals, they're unwavering on that, but they also believe in that there are issues of racism that need to be uh, re resolved. Uh, we also did some first questions about the curriculum in the school. Do you think it's a kind of a, a, a biased curriculum that uh, teaches kids that America's racist? 50% bought that one. Uh, is the greatest country on earth? 50% uh, bought that the schools teach them those, those great things. And of course, you would be uh, unsurprised to learn that this correlates, uh, you know, somewhat. Uh, well, well, I would actually say here it doesn't correlate much with the vote because because it's 51-49 among Trump-Pence and it's 52-48 among Biden-Harris. And so this this is actually not show a strong correlation uh, with with the vote. If anything, it shows a correlation with age. Uh, Sixty-four percent of young people say, "Oh no, no, no! They just teach you that it's a great country, 
Whereas 53% of seniors say, no, 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 they just teach you that it's a racist country. Uh, do they believe that school curriculums are being hijacked by the left? Mm, mildly, 34% say yes, 26% hijacked by the right, 41% fair and balanced. Now, let's talk a little bit about the virus and its political and social impacts. Uh, has anyone contracted it? Yes, 19%. That's a high belief. It's been in my community. Uh, do you think you or someone in the family will get the virus? Only 15% believe that they're going to get the virus. So then we asked them about whether or not the measures that have been taken to control the virus are are too strict or not too strict enough. And 41% say they're reasonable. 20% say they're too strict. And 40% said they're not strict enough. And so, you know, uh, as you can see, it's a public here that's thoroughly divided. And then we asked the public, do you think the rate of virus infections in the U.S. is growing faster or slowing down? 52% said growing faster, even mm -hmm. though we know, if you just take a look at the figures in the New York Times, uh, at the New York Times Corona Index, the rates have been going down for the last couple of weeks very significantly. That's not what the voters believe at this point. Do you support a national mandate for masks? Yes, absolutely. Do you support uh, fines of up to $1,000? Yes, 59%. 78% support mandatory wearing of masks. Voters don't want to catch the virus. They are very strong in safety measures. They do for the first time, 55% believe that hospitals now have what they need. They generally have said that hospitals were short and that we have done a good job flattening the curve. They generally said no to that also. If I ask who's doing a good job on the virus, Trump's at 42, your governor's at 62, your mayor's at 67, CDC at 67, local health officials at 79. The more local you get, Americans always approve of those local political figures and institutions, although the CDC uh, here is, has a pretty strong rating and Trump's ratings politicized. But as we've said, uh, his failure to have about a 50% virus approval that he had is probably the biggest single drag on his aspirations for a second term. Now, when it comes to schools, 60% would not send their kids to school and 40% would send their kids to school. However, <laughs> that 40% uh, are all the people with kids. So when you look at the polling findings, although people without kids say they're not sending their kids to school, those people who have kids sitting at home, they want them in school. And, uh, and so I think it's kind of a, a clear finding that... Uh, that overall people with kids want their kids going to school instead of spending another uh, few months at home, even though they have tremendous concern about reopening you know, too quickly, 67%. And shockingly or surprisingly, given that uh, Joe Biden said he would shut down the, the economy again, 65% said that they favored shutting down the economy again if the virus flares up in the fall. And, and interestingly, Biden then kind of walked that let back a little bit, concerned that they, it was barely being harped on by the Republican Party. But 
they're absolutely fine with a president or a leader who is going to take uh, the safest possible precautions, even as at the same time they're very concerned about the economy. Remember, don't expect perfect consistency across polls. People aren't consistent. People, particularly those in the swing voter category, hold in their head lots of inconsistent thoughts that, that they're trying to resolve. That's why they're undecided voters. So finally, a little bit of information about the third V. Remember I said virus, violence, and vaccine. On the vaccine, there is no expectation that we will have a vaccine anytime soon. Uh, there has been a, de a debate with Fauci going out saying, we're going to have it by the end of the year, but then we're not going to have it in October. And, and he is once again all over the place, depending upon what question he's asked, what day of the week it is. But the CDC came out with a pretty strong statement that you can expect a, a vaccine relatively soon. But what does the public think? Well, 79% thinks that a vaccine is at least three months away. 50% think six months or longer. Uh, so there is a general expectation here of no vaccine. And so public opinion could be upended if there is a credible vaccine with good figures and real facts and scientific conclusions. 56% do blame the president for, for not stopping the virus. However, a majority is unsure whether or not Joe Biden would have done a better job. 49% say do a better job, but, but that's somewhat under his, uh, somewhat under his vote. So uh, just to reiterate, we had a, another series of questions about the vaccine. 63% expect it to be only in 2021. The public psychology here is that we will be not coming out of this kind of hibernation state, you know, for quite some period of time, just as originally they thought we would be in this state for a very short period of time. So don't take public opinion as fixed. 74% do not believe a vaccine will be announced before the election. Remember, President Trump here has bet the ranch on his, you know, uh, on his program to get to a vaccine, you know, his warp speed program to get the vaccine. So that's where his political bet has been placed. And so obviously, since it's a political bet coincides with the election, it's going to be quite a fight here when a vaccine is identified as to whether or not it is legitimate, whether or not the FDA is being pushed. There's going to be a lot of skepticism, but uh, over two-thirds said they would take the vaccine uh, if, there, if there is one. So uh, hold on to your seats for this one. We'll see where we are in another month or so. Now, another topic that I think is really a hotly debated topic is to what extent should American companies be taking positions on social and political issues? Well... Uh, I asked the question, would you rather a business you buy goods and services from take a public stance on social and political issues, or should businesses largely stay out of social and political issues? Well, a lot of polls and, and, and a lot of people writing reports and so forth have been pushing companies to get more involved in these issues. And frequently they'll have a question like, do you think a company should take a stand on important social issues of the day? Who's going to say no to that? So they have questions that kind of promote this concept. I think this is a fairer question. What it says is, 
yeah, there's no right answer here because 45% say take a stance and 55% say don't. So that means no matter what you do, you have a potential group questioning well, what you are doing. There's no, there's no sure path here, right? Do you think business leadership on social political issues is authentic or does it follow what's politically correct? Well, here, this is a very interesting question. I don't think I've seen it before. It says that companies who take these positions may still come under a cloud of doubt and suspicion that, after all, they're inauthentic. They're, they're just doing it to kind of, kind of uh, you know, enhance their bottom line, please elites, get a good editorial somewhere. They're not really sincere uh, ab about what they're doing. I think this is a powerful question. I think CEOs have to think twice before getting involved in social and political issues. It is a lot more uh, tortuous, I think, than, than they realize. I think some of them find that out later. Finally, we did some questions directly about Black Lives Matter. Do you personally support or oppose the aims of Black Lives Matter? Here you show it's a pretty divided question. 44% support, 37% oppose, 20% are, are unsure. Uh, do you personally support or oppose the Black Lives, the aims of, of the Black Lives Matter organization? 41% support, 37% oppose. Well, whether or not you're in favor of Black Lives Matter or not, 71% say CEOs or news editors, right, should not lose their jobs if they criticize Black Lives Matter. Pretty powerful finding. Pu the public wants open debate on these questions. Black Lives Matter right now fairly polarizing when you look at the support, even though it's got, I think, over-majority favorability. When you go down to support or not, it, it really is becoming somewhat more of a, a divided picture. Uh, and, and most people don't want sports players to use televised games to take a position. And the country is very much divided on whether or not basketball players should use the NBA playoffs to speak out about social and political issues, 51-49. They should, 50-50, should they refuse the playoffs. Uh, again, these are highly divided constituencies, which shows that if they don't, you got 50%. Uh, who think they should, and if they do, you got 50% who think they don't. And so these are difficult needles that owners, uh, players, and the community need to, need to work out in order to bring maximum uh, enthusiasm about their fan base and impact on what the, the political expression that the players are, are trying to make. Finally, we ask people this notion of do you think you can express your political views today to your family or at work, or do you think you cannot express your views today with your family or at work? 69% feel comfortable, 31% uh, don't. Typically women are a little bit uh, less comfortable uh, uh, fully expressing their, uh, their views. Uh, <clears throat> hopefully they felt comfortable enough to express their views in these polls. I think we do get down to what the public thinks, uh, and but we have to watch this number carefully. Remember, all polling, uh, all voting, and everything is really based on people feeling comfortable that they can express their views. Uh, we didn't do uh, mail-in voting again. Uh, last time we did do it, people said, yeah, I need the convenience of mail-in voting, but also said, uh, it's subject to fraud. So the American public always wants it both ways. 
They want the convenience of mail-in voting during a pandemic, but they want it done right. They want it done with the right precautions to avoid what could turn into an electoral mess. And, you know, that's it for this month's poll. Again, tune in. Mark Penn polls on Facebook. Tune in Mark underscore Penn underscore polls on Twitter. Go to the website, Mark Penn, you know, markpennpolls.com. Uh, sign up for the newsletter. Uh, stay informed. But the whole point of this poll is just to keep people informed on all of the sides of, of public opinion as we see it developing and to give you a full and complete analysis from all perspectives. Thank you.